Health officials are warning more cases of the coronavirus will likely begin appearing soon in the U.S. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is recommending Americans prepare for significant disruption. And when facing the potential of a pandemic illness, communication is key. Federal and state health officials are responsible for informing the public with useful and important information. But that's a balancing act. They need to prepare the public for a potential outbreak without creating panic. And this is something Bruce Lambert thinks about often. He's a professor in health communication researcher at Northwestern University, and he joins me now. Good afternoon, Dr. Lambert. Hi, how are you, Lisa? I'm great, thank you. So tell me a little bit about what public health officials are up against when they're trying to create messaging to inform the public of any potential risks with coronavirus. I think they face one primary challenge, which is they have to balance the health and safety of the public against the need to preserve public order and the normal functioning of society and and the economy. And another way of thinking about that is they have to balance reassurance versus fear. Uh, they have other challenges as well. They have to speak in plain language that people can understand, and they have to preserve their credibility by acknowledging the best and the worst case scenarios, and especially the uncertainty that surrounds you know what might happen. So when when public health officials are trying to do that with that balance of being clear and precise and calm, uh, what do they get wrong? Well, I think actually that the the more common mistake is to over-reassure the public. I think there's excessive fear of fear among public officials who are communicating about pandemics and other uh, risks. But the public is quite capable of handling fear. We All of us have fear in our everyday lives. We're quite, quite capable of carrying on in the face of fears, both large and small. But fear is an excellent motivator to behavior. Um, and we want to motivate people to take certain precautions to protect themselves and their vulnerable friends and families and neighbors. So people are talking about we should be more afraid of the flu than we are of coronavirus. I think there's a lot of flaws in that messaging. People can see right through it because they say, well, look, um, China doesn't shut down entire cities because of the flu. We don't shut down air travel from countries because of the flu. Also, there's a vaccine for the flu. There are drugs to treat the flu. There's some built-in immunity to the flu. All of this is not the case with the coronavirus. There's no vaccine as yet. There's no effective drug therapy that we know of. And and the mortality rate for coronavirus, we think, is about 2%. The mortality rate for the seasonal flu is about 0.1%. So it's 20 times deadlier than the seasonal flu. So for all these reasons, I think comparisons to the flu are are problematic. How how do you fight through perhaps an overload of messaging that may be coming at you from lots of sources? It might just sound like white noise. How do you distinguish between what you should be listening to? I think that's really, really difficult. And I don't think there's any easy answer. I think that's what it's like to be a human being in 2020 who's connected to the world through social media and and um, other kinds of you know, web-based information. One of the ways to handle this is to seek information from multiple credible sources. In, in the case of risks like um, coronavirus, think of the Centers for Disease Control or the World Health Organization or major news outlets. Exercise healthy skepticism about far-out stories that you might see on, on social media. Try to verify those with more credible sources and, and validate what you hear 
and what you learn against your own life experience and against common sense. Bruce Lambert is a professor of health communication at Northwestern University. Dr. Lambert, I'd like to thank you for joining us. Thank you so much, Lisa.